Welcome to Grabs Podcast, where we share firsthand stories of real, real world rescues. Our guest today is Terry Robinson, who is with the Tapello Fire Department out of Mississippi. So, uh, Terry, tell us a little bit about your department and your experience. Hey, Justin, man, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with Tupelo Fire Department, uh, Northeast Mississippi. It's, uh, it's about 100 personnel fire department. We've got seven stations. Uh, we've got five engines, uh, two ladders, uh, well, one ladder and one quint uh, and a rescue. What uh, is that rescue like a two person rescue or a four or 12? What do you got? It is. It's, it's a two person rescue. Okay. And then uh, what about your experience? What, uh, how many years you've been in? What position are you? What not? I've, uh, I'm, I've been in uh, 21 years. I've been in, I've been with Tupelo 20 of those, of those years. I started out as a volunteer, I actually started out volunteering uh, to become, I, I was wanting to be a paramedic and uh, fought my first house fire. And I was just, I was hooked after that. I mean, it was, that was my passion. I wanted to be a fireman and, you know, been one ever since. And so got on, got on with Tupelo in 2000. And uh, I'm the rank of captain uh, up at uh, Station Four uh, on, on Truck Two. It's it's our quint. So yeah. All right. And uh, all right. So what uh, what's your first alarm residential box look like? Well, we we probably uh, do it different than than most of the country. Uh, our to give you a little bit of history. A, a few years ago, we our our first response used to be. Uh, three apparatuses, the rescue, and the battalion chief. And um, a few years ago, we we changed our response protocol to you know try to cut down the response time from the time dispatch received a call until we arrived on scene. So uh, a few years ago, we changed it from dispatch actually sending specific stations, you know, depending on where it's at in the city, to just doing an open tone uh, to all of the fire stations and given the incident type and the address. And then it was basically up to the company officers to, to decide on whether that was within the uh, response, uh, their, their response district. So uh, we went uh, and when that changed, we went from three apparatuses to, to responding five apparatuses on all fires or, or, or potential fires. So we pretty much send everybody fir first alarm. All right. Yeah, that is a, uh, I have never heard of that kind of makeup, but uh, I don't think, I think uh, every time that a box alarm came out, I think it would be within my, within my jurisdiction. I think I'd always go. <laughs> well, I, yes, <laughs> that's pretty, pretty much how uh, some of us, some of us feel also. Good. Uh, what's uh what's the search culture within your department like who searches and when does it get assigned stuff like that uh well we we don't have like our truck companies don't do you know truck company stuff and our engine companies don't don't do engine company stuff it's pretty much uh uh wherever when, whenever you arrive on scene you know our, like our eogs our, our first view is you know fire attack uh unless you know there's there's a known rescue and then, and then, you know, it's, 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 we shift gears to, to rescue at that point. But, uh, and then second view, 
we come in and second do is water supply and then they're either going to assist with fire attack or start a primary search uh, and then the third third is is writ and then fourth and fifth is is usually just you know wh wherever they're needed at that point but uh so our search culture is uh unless unless there's a known rescue uh or known victim inside uh most most of the time uh it's going to be uh, our second due is going to be primary and it, and that's and that's whether it's an engine company arrives second or a truck company arrives second all right, I like that. I mean, fire tech first, search second. I like that. Uh, so, do you guys do topside ventilation very much then? Uh, hardly ever. Okay, hardly so ever. We, yeah. So, do you guys uh, who who vents the how, do you, the search uh, go in and vent for life? Do you guys take out windows and isolate doors, or what do you guys do? Uh, we don't. Uh, first, first in, first do uh, usually sets the uh, the the fan up for, for you know uh, positive pressure ventilation and you know the the i wouldn't say we we take take windows for for life uh you know the the in our area the the whole the vis is i would say relatively a a new term for the most part i, I know it's been around forever and ever but it's it's slowly making its way to you know to our department sure Right on. Uh, and then what kind of, when you guys are searching, are you guys doing the split search? Like uh, one goes in one room, one goes in the other. You guys doing an or oriented search or one person stays in the hallway and coordinates? What do you guys do? Rope search? Uh, I would say it, it's probably crew. Uh, you know, I'm sure our department's like every other department in the country. You know, you've got some crews that, that train and, and try, to, try to stay proactive in other crews you know, don't. Uh, so I would say depending on, it's, it's crew dependent on, on, on how the search is, is performed. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so all right, take us back to uh, your box alarm. What, uh, what year was it? What kind of rig were you riding and uh, lead us into the story? Sure. Uh, it was February 15th, uh, 2017. And uh, like I said, it, we had, we had just recently, Swat, uh, change to our the our our response protocol you know so it was early early in the morning it was probably around seven o'clock that morning we we were actually already on the on the truck uh i was at station four on truck two just to give you a little reference uh station four is up at the it's the northern station of the city and um We'd gotten on the truck. We were pulling out of the station to go to the gym, get our morning workout in, and the tones dropped for a residential, possible residential fire. And dispatch had given um, the 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 initial tone out was was really confusing. The uh, the 911 caller didn't give the dispatcher very much information at all because she was in her car going to work. And she just passed by this house and she saw smoke coming from it and called 911. So she, only thing she really knew was that she was on South Green Street. And to give you reference, South Green Street is a really, really long street in Tupelo. And so she, 
doesn't give dispatch very much information. So when dispatch tones it out, the location is 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 really confusing on on where the location was. So I tell my driver, which uh, was at the time one of my firefighters stepping up to drive, I told him, I said, I said, just start, just start heading that way, and and hopefully we will get some some better information while we're in route. And so we go, we go pretty much from the north, the northern end of the uh, of the city, and where this where this fire ended up being was almost at the very south part of the city so we actually arrive first on the scene and uh, we get there it's a small uh, residential single story uh, it's probably eight eight hundred to a thousand square feet very small house uh, had heavy smoke coming from the uh, alpha side uh, with uh, some flames on the Bravo side in that, in that front uh, window, uh, pretty much on the Alpha Bravo corner. What was that window? And, was that a bedroom or a living room? What it looked like? Eating well, it, it, it was, it was the front room. It was normally, it would be a, a living room, but this, the, the person that was renting the house, the, he had actually made it into his bedroom because, uh, he had actually let, let the other, um, the other, person he, he had a roommate so he had given up his bedroom and uh to her and he was living in that front part of the room so he had turned that front room into a bedroom uh so that room wasn't isolatable or anything else right so it's just an open living room with the bed in it pretty much uh yes correct uh-huh okay. fair enough all right thank you so so we so we um uh, let me back up so while in route dispatch come back across and said that there's possible, uh, there's a female possibly still inside. So now we, you know, we've we've switched gears now. You know, we've we've got a a, a known victim, so a possible uh, victim. So when we arrive, I tell my I tell my two firefighters, uh, or when actually when dispatch gave that information out while we were still in route, I told my two firefighters, uh, Keon and Birchfield, I said, hey. Uh, Depending on you know when we get there, if if anybody knows where she's at, uh, we we may do uh, possibly do VIS. So y'all you know just just be prepared for that. And it's and it's really the the timing of this of this call was was just it was really weird because we had recently been been going over and and training on v, VIS. Uh, matter of fact, we had we had been going over it. Uh, there at the station that morning, talking about it, discussing it, discussing each position and what to do before we had uh, left out to go to the gym. So we get there, and there's already a crowd standing there in the front yard of some neighbors and bystanders. And so when I get off the truck, uh, I, I just look to the crowd and I said, "Does anybody know which bedrooms hers?" And some guy out of the crowd pointed like he was pointing over the house, and he said, "In that in that uh, back corner bedroom on the on the other side of the house." And I said, "Okay, thank you." And I, t I told Keon Birchfield, "I said we're gonna uh, we're gonna go in that in that corner bedroom on the on the Bravo Charlie side." And so they stretch a line over there to that window, and I take the window, 
and there just happened to be a an old recliner sitting right there under that that window on the outside so, on the outside right okay. yeah i like that yard noise yeah Love it. yeah so so we so i take the window and keon uh he enters the window first and then and then i enter and visibility was uh zero zero viz and i get my tick and i scan i remember scanning the, the bedroom and I remember seeing Keon crawling uh, across the bedroom. And I scanned the room, don't see anything other than Keon. And uh, I tell Birchfield, I said, and uh, I, I said, I said, give me, give me the hose line. And so he gives me a hose line, and uh, and then he, and then he enters. Well, by the time he gives gives me the hose line, so is that the third per person to enter through the window? Uh, yes, yes, he he uh, he's Love the third it. third person. So Keon, uh, so I get in there and and I notice some some flames that are starting to lap inside the the bedroom door. And so I get the hose line and I'm I'm trying to get it situated to to extinguish the the, the flames and and Keon is um, he had made his way to the to the door and I remember him. I remember him trying to get the door closed and then uh, about this time Birchfield comes up behind me and it's, it's almost like we were, it's, it happened so fast. It's like we were just in this little cluster just right there together. And just about all of a sudden Birchfield says, I've got her, I've got her. And about this time Keon had gotten the door closed. And so we get her up, Keon gets her, uh, we pretty much do like a three-person carry. Keon's at at the at, at her or at her head, and uh, me and Birchfield pretty much just gets each each leg, you know. So, what kind of conditions? So, like when you start going in, obviously you got to use a tick. It's pretty dark. Uh, once you guys isolated and located, did it start venting and getting lift off the floor? What you got? Uh, didn't didn't get didn't get well. We did get some lift, uh, uh, but. Uh, didn't get just a whole lot of lift. The, the 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 visibility was still pretty much zero. Uh, when Birchfield come up, I, I didn't even I didn't even know he had come up right there beside us. And uh, like I said, I couldn't see Keon, but I heard I, I was I did hear him scrambling around just just ahead of me a few feet. And um, and I remember him getting the door closed. And about that time, Birchfield said, you know, I've, I've got her. And then while all of this was going on, uh, truck two, I mean, uh, truck one's crew, Captain Weatherspin, and his crew had come in from the front and was actually uh, attacking the fire uh, at the same time as we were doing this. So we get her up and we're just about to start back towards the window and Captain Weathersby come through the, the bedroom door from the front of the house and said, uh, come on, we, we come on, the fire's out, come out this way. So, you know, hindsight, you know, we, we should we have gone out the window, probably so, but you know, it was like I said, it was a small house. And from the her bedroom door to the front door. I'm guessing it was probably maybe 10 feet and, uh, and they had extinguished the fire. So Captain Weathers and his crew pretty much just cleared us a path, uh, back out that front room. And, and we ended up going out the front door with her. 
so we get out so we get outside and something that that almost never happens um in the city is is that we hardly ever have an an ambulance standing by at least not on the on the front end of the call because we we run a separate ambulance service uh there in the city and they are they are always slammed and and they stay busy and there there are hardly ever any ambulances that will come that that can come stand by on a on a fire at least not uh, on the initial tone out Mm -hmm. and they're just they're just so happen to be an ambulance standing by that morning and so we we passed her off to the paramedics uh they started you know als on her uh she i i can't i think she may have still had a pulse but she wasn't breathing so they transfer transport her to the to the hospital and um you know she goes uh she goes down to the burn unit for a few weeks but uh and she has some i think she has some severe burns to her lower legs and but other than that she made a she made a full recovery so when so after after we passed her off to the paramedics uh i think engine two's crew uh captain montgomery and his crew had had started a primary search uh right after we come out with her uh and they actually ended up finding him, finding the, the male uh, in the, I think he was almost in the kitchen. It's almost like he was trying to get out the, get out the side door that was on the Delta side, but, but he, uh, they found him almost in the kitchen and brought him out and uh, we worked him, but unfortunately he, he didn't make it that day. Wow. Um... Oh, good. St- uh, what a story. Um, so, uh, this is like the, you guys, you were talking about, you guys were just talking about VSing, um, just before you guys are going to the gym. Now, is this just a crew based, um, uh, talk? Was it, is it a district wide talk you guys were doing or was it like maybe just your station? Cause you're saying it's pretty new to your, to your department. So like, was it just something that you guys had on up or is it something like driven by something larger? Uh, no, nah, it was it was just uh, us as a crew. Uh, my my guys, you know, they're at Station Four. Uh, we had, uh, like I said, we had we had been training on it. Uh, we had actually gone out to the training center uh, um, and had gone through each position. You know how you know how to take the wind of what what to look for. If, you know if there's if there's smoke. Once you take the window, does smoke come out? Does it not? Uh, you know what to do when you get inside the window and. And so we we have pretty much had was just reviewing all of that that morning. Uh, I was, you know, doing my spiel, you know, my little morning spiel on on training, and we just got off talking about about VIS. And um, so I mean, yeah, it was it, the timing of it was just crazy. Absolutely. So, like, what it definitely piqued my interest is like uh, you had initially put two firefighters on a window. And then you, you finally got you, and then you got a third. Uh, that's something we definitely push at like Brothers in Battle. It's what my my department's go to is always the two people in the window. It's fairly rare with a lot of the departments. Like, did you guys already talk about that? Did it just happen? What 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 was going through your mind with that? Well, it it, it sort of just happened to 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 get all three of us in there because uh, we had 
been been practicing and training on on uh, putting uh, just one or 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 two. If if there's a victim found, you know, uh, if the first firefighter in actually does find the victim, then the second firefighter comes in and and helps that that firefighter. But you know, that morning, um, and another thing uh, is, you know, we our our chief officers they they definitely want us in in the in the structure occupying the space, and they definitely uh, don't mind. VES and uh, the only thing is that they like if, if we're going to be in the structure occupying the structure they like for us to have a hose line in there and so I was trying to make sure I got that done and so I once I got the hose line in there uh, and we started having fire uh, Birchfield come in and uh, to help Keon while I was while I was you know concentrating on trying to get the fire extinguished uh-huh. So that's how we that's how we all three got got in there. No, absolutely, I love it. I mean, realistically, I mean. So now, uh, you know, going to doing a VES and having a, a victim, uh, I'm pretty sure that I heard that the first firefighter was going to the door, right, to isolate, and then Correct. Yep. and then and then you went in, and then the third person in found the victim, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Does that change your mind about uh, any, anything about like one person going in and waiting for a victim? Do you, I mean, if you would have if you would have went by your initial thoughts of going, okay, this is how we train. We put one person in the victim in the window, let them go over and isolate, then they come search, and then let the other person stay outside. Uh, do you think it was more effective because you put multiple people in the window right away? I, I think it. I think it uh, obviously can be can be more effective. Uh, you know, you get in, and and so now you got to where you can do like a split search, um, and you know, and I think it can be effective if if your crew trains it and practices it, and and you each know what the other ones are, are doing. You know, I, I think it's. I can. I think it can be very effective. Yeah, I love it. No, I think, I mean, just listen, I think you guys did a hell of a job and I, you know, putting multiple people in the window at once was a, was an awesome call. Uh, what size was the window you guys went into and what, what height was it off the ground in the, uh, from the inside? Uh, it was, it was just, uh, standard, uh, uh, single window. Um, it was, I'm going to say it was probably, a little over, a little over five feet uh, off the ground. Okay, from the outside. From from the outside, right? Uh-huh. So probably three from the inside or something. Right. Uh-huh. What uh, did you guys have to take out a sash, or did you guys leave the sash? I, um, I actually left. Uh, I actually left the sash in. in. Uh, I I took the window with my with my Halligan and uh, cleared it, and because um, I remember thinking when Birchfield found her. I, I remember thinking that that I didn't take the sash, and now we're we're gonna have to deal with that sash being there when when we're when we get her out. Yeah, uh, I love that you left the sash. Like three of you made it in with a SCBA bottle, all turned out, uh, right. and so it didn't. I mean, I love that. So like, you don't need to take a sash every time. Was it was it a wood sash or was it a metal sash or vinyl? It, it was a. It was a metal. It was a metal sash. Okay. Yeah. Were you guys when you guys are going to take her out the window? Did you plan on taking the sash out or just getting her out the window? I uh, think at that point we we were just going to we were just going to get her out. Yeah, I love it. 
Uh, I love that you guys went from plan A, going out the window, and then somebody else had a plan B. That's awesome. Um, uh, and then also with, uh, I think you said engine two, after you guys pulled out uh, the female, engine two could right. continue to search and then, and then freaking found a second victim that wasn't a, uh, wasn't, there wasn't anybody in the front yard calling out that there was a dude inside. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's a huge, that is such an awesome point from this whole story is that what, just cause we find a victim or two victims or every known victim and there's no such thing as a known victim unless they're hanging out the window, but every, um, you know, person that's being accounted for from the outside is that we have to do a search no matter what. And, uh, that's awesome that your department still prioritizes the search to get it done. So pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. You know, that's a uh, uh, primary search not done, uh, or, or there's, you know, as when it comes to victims, you know, that, that there's possibly always a victim in there until, until we say that there's not until we've completed a primary search. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, her, it's out, so her bedroom door was open and then he was off, obviously open to the elements. So, both victims were in there in the elements the same amount of time. The proximity was different to the fire, but they're both uh, non-isolated from the fire, but one, yeah, one died and one lived. Now, he was found on the ground, correct? Uh, correct, yes, and then he was. Were, was she found on the ground or was she found uh, on a bed? What was on it? Uh, no, we, we actually, she was uh, just inside the bedroom, uh, right uh, probably within a few feet from the bedroom door on the ground. All right, so both of them were on the same level of smoke, you know, same level. But yeah. uh, so, do you think was he more in direct line with the with the fire insult, or was it um, just maybe that somehow the smoke traveled different for where he was? I'm just trying to get an uh, idea of this. Right, uh, he he was uh, the he was more um, the fire started in pretty much around the the foot of his bed uh mm -hmm. in, in that in the in that area so he was definitely more uh uh in line with the with the actual fire you know um, than she was 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 he between an open window and the fire or no he uh well the yeah, he was his his bedroom or front room, whatever you want to call it, the 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 room of origin. Yeah. So so the fire had already had already taken that. Uh, there was a window at the head of his bed. Yeah, that's the one you're and talking so, about in the beginning. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Yep. So so flames had already started uh, uh, out that that window there. So. Very right, good. I wonder. And what time of, what time of day was this? It was uh, about seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so I, w I wonder if it woke him up, and then he was like you're saying, he was trying to escape, and so he stood up in the elements. Interesting. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I love it. Well, thank uh, thank you, Terry, for uh, coming on the show today and sharing your story. Uh, if you were on scene of a structure fire with a rescue or assist with a dead or a live civilian, help us capture our wins and specific details that improves our search across this nation and fill out one survey per victim on www.firefighterrescuesurvey.com. You can also join the Facebook group, Firefighter Rescue Survey, where hundreds of rescues are being recorded monthly. If you'd like to share your story on Grab's podcast, contact Grant Schwalbe uh, on the Book of Faces. He also runs uh, Residential Primary Search Making the Grab, or you can contact me, Justin McWilliams. Uh, you can either do it on the Book of Faces or Search Culture Facebook or 
you can give me a call or text 503-729-2734. All right. Thanks, Terry. Hey, thank you, Justin.